0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 105. Seven. you can listen to this podcast on any one of sb nation's nfc east blog podcast networks you can also watch us on the blog and the boys youtube channel or the bleeding green nation youtube channel he is brandon lee gotten from bleeding green nation i'm Tro from btb blg happy tuesday april 11th to you happy wednesday april 12th to everybody else
2: happy friday to everyone listening to this later mm. in the week tgif uh, I wonder if people do. When's the latest? Do you think people listen to the episode each week? Because the weekend would make sense, right? It could be driving or I think doing like, things. Like
1: Saturday. Like I used yeah. to. Um, I used to listen to podcasts a lot when I would mow the yard. You know what I mean? Like Saturday morning type thing. I could. I could see that. Like you know, kind of honey do list, running around errands, this and that, whatever. Blah blah blah. Um, you know, I don't really listen to a lot of podcasts on Saturdays myself, though. If I'm being honest.
2: Hmm. I like a good uh you know wash the dishes or yeah something like the. I don't have a lawn now but if I did uh something like that. I love a love a thing like that. What's your what's your favorite thing to do while listening to a podcast? Hmm. I mean probably walk. I'm a big walk and podcast guy. It's a nice no, little, That sounds little horrible time.
1: to me. Like, Why does I, it would sound horrible? like well, I would have like Why would have anxiety of not being able to like hear the environment around me. You know what I mean like mm-hmm. Some AirPods, know, wanted... man. Sound canceling. No, but but i that's what way, i'm saying i want to i want to be able to hear like what if there's like a threat that i have to hear you know what i'm saying like a threat? I, I
2: want <laughs> I, I mean i'm not I like mean, totally tuned out i can still hear things uh i have a comp- i have a bone to pick with apple and why why are the airpods so not durable i feel like like i feel like every time i've had airpods i've had one pair for like 4 years like i mean the, so the phone sure. call feature goes away like i can't it goes to the point where like People can't really even hear me speaking anymore at a certain point. I think point. that's
1: you. I mean, if like you seem to be the common denominator here. I still talk on the phone all the time with my AirPods.
2: So Jimmy, I, I'll call him to like, Jimmy Kemsky. I'll call him to schedule a podcast and he'll have those connected and I can like barely hear him. So it's happening with him. But you're saying you'll
1: call him instead of texting him to, to schedule this?
2: Jimmy, I usually like to text to be clear. I'm not as big of a yeah, phone guy. I mean,
1: I know you're afraid of being on the phone. Like that's the thing. I'm not like, afraid you...
2: of being on the phone. Why is this? This is such a misconception. I did you is this? No, trolling, you hate the phone. This... Like
1: you hate you don't you don't you're afraid of phone calls. That's what I understand.
2: I feel so. all right, you're trolling. But um <laughs> I don't, I really don't, I don't like I, I fully admit that I don't like talking to people I don't know on the phone a hundred percent for the people I know and have have a comfort level with, no problem at all. Although I would prefer text in general because I just think it's more efficient a lot of the times. I think sometimes you get on the phone and then you start talking about other things and what could have been, you know, like the phrase, this meeting could have been an email. Like, yeah, like something like that. But anyway. I actually, uh, I actually really AirPods, don't like email. Um, like, well, I don't I, like
1: email I, either. That's what I'm saying. But, like, you email me, like, pff, I'm... You know, I like email
2: better than a meeting.
1: Uh, I'm fine with that, you know, disposition, but I'm more of a fan of a text message, a Slack a dm on whatever platform that is like that seems so much more natural to me than an email like an email i gotta reply and i gotta like line it up right sometimes you gotta like scroll horizontally like, it's too much work for me i'm not a fan uh personally but you know it's not again i'm not afraid of it the way you're afraid of being on the phone um but you're afraid I'm just, of being on the know. phone
2: i just don't well, like it. gonna to be strangers. an important
1: uh fear is gonna be an important factor in today's episode and that wasn't like a, a fear factor because thing. it's a fear uh, factor
2: episode and joe rogan uh, is here
1: it's not before we get to what this episode is about um uh by the way you, i don't think joe is joe rogan's podcast on apple like that would be a nice like kind of apple like tying a bow on it because isn't it a spotify no thing? He's,
2: he's only a spotify guy
1: that's what i'm saying so like you know this is the anti um
2: i'm not anti apple i have iphone and macbook and everything but it's no just, but i'm I saying like again it was it was
1: it was just a fun joke that you ruined um so mm-hmm. thank you for that uh but speaking of apple uh What's apple has reviews Apple has reviews for podcasts, which Spotify does not actually. We get all sorts of people who listen on Spotify. I don't and think like, that's true. I, I think that changed. I really don't know. I'm an Apple person. So I'm, I, I, but for a long think, time at least, Spotify yes. did not allow reviews. So we would get, you know, messages from people who would say, like, look, I'm a Spotify listener. I can't leave a rating or a review. I can only leave a rating, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. But, If you leave a review, at least to my understanding, on Apple, um, we will read it. No matter where you leave that review, go to Blog of the Boys, go to Bleeding Green Nation, go to whatever NFC East blog podcast network you want to give love to, uh, give a rating, write a review. You do not have to subscribe, but a rating and a review certainly go a long way towards helping us out. Uh, We have a new review on the Blog of the Boys side of things. Are you ready or are you looking at Spotify? potential refused.
2: well you can read it i'm looking for if there is there's definitely the the star yes well, you, need to, you need to pay re- attention you. to the reading because there's a question i'm paying That's... attention okay
1: uh this comes to us from dave h 45 uh and it was written on april 2nd 2023 it is titled nfc east question of the week it's a bit long so i'm gonna hurry on, mm. on through this what's up guys i was the one who hit you on twitter about this idea specifically to spice up the offseason a nice eagles cowboys spar to get the show going seems mm. appropriate with the um what is it called? The emoticon with the semicolon and the close parentheses. Is that what it's called? The emoticon? Um, anyway, sure. my question to kick things off. Where do both of you stand on Dak and Hurts after this season? Dak is coming off of a playoff stinker while Jalen shined bright in the Super Bowl. However, we should all be cautious to put too much stock in the last thing we saw. It's a year-to-year league, and it's very hard to stay on top in the NFL. When people start doing their top 10 lists later in the offseason, my guess is Hurts will average out to be somewhere around QB 3-4, to and Dak will be QB 8-10. to how likely is it that Dak will pass Hurts on that list in future years, or do you think Hertz will never be rated below Dak again? BLG, is Dak forever a quarterback no longer to be feared like you said last season? RJ, is this now Jalen's division or not so fast? Looking forward to hear this back and forth. So I guess there's like several portions um, of this question. Um, I think to kick things off because it's on the BTB feed. I think that we've seen, just because he's been in the NFL longer, more consistency from Dak. Or like he like sure. he just has a, a larger body of work. So like we know he's a an established call it whatever you want top quarterback. Um Hertz is a little bit more small sample size, never finished a whole regular season. I think that's a lame way to put it, but again, that's just like what the internet says at this point in the in the year. Um, so I mean the I will say I don't know that we ever see another regular season like we just saw from Hertz. Um, you know, like it's it's not Ridiculous, I think, to say that that was the peak of his NFL career, and that's not to say he won't still be a very good player. But like, it was just such an incredible season that we saw this past year. So, um I don't. I'm certainly not willing to say that Dak will never be the superior quarterback in the division ever again.
2: I think Dak has the higher floor right now of the two. Like to your point about the track record and knowing right. what he is more so. So, I think you can make the case for that. But I also think you have to say Jalen Hurts has the higher ceiling. I mean, he's been to a Super Bowl. He played extremely well in that super bowl but well, he had like, to fumble okay but come on like well, it, it, well no
1: it's a thing <laughs> yeah, like we have like, to we have say like it, it can't is, not be
2: a thing yeah but the point is do we know jalen hurts can play at a very high level in the biggest game of the year the answer is yes that we, yes we have seen that happen we know it can happen can dak do that maybe do we know that no we don't know that explicitly um i so i think you have to give jalen hurts the benefit of the doubt when it comes to ceiling also I I agree that you know this is going to be 2022 definitely going to be one of the better seasons of his career because of how good it was but I'm not convinced that he's hit his ceiling yet by any means I mean he turns 25 in August like I I still think
1: that's I I was just gonna say I think I think he can still not have hit his ceiling while never having another season that is statistically as great as
2: 2022 that was my point at least agree but I also think it's he still could have one that's even better. I, I don't think that's out of the question. I'm not saying it's the most likely outcome for 2023 because of, I think how we feel that, you know, it's not just like it's always simple as, well, then you're like you're this good and then you even get better the next season. That's just not really how the NFL always works. And one thing that Dak has in his favor is that he's probably going to be due for some good luck in terms of not right. uh, leading the NFL in interceptions next year. It could still be an issue to some extent. We'll see. Um, but you know, Uh, I'm ready to ride Jalen Hurts again the age and everything the contract Dex Dex had some injuries too like for as much as we want to say Jalen Hurts hasn't finished the season Dex had some kind of serious injuries here not like debilitating entirely but some that have been like leading him to be unavailable and some that could maybe be a little bit concerning over the long term so I think you have to bet on Hurts more than you would bet on Dak at this point
1: we um we talked about this in the later bit of the Christmas Eve game, just because it was going to be the Dak Minshew game after the Hertz shoulder thing. Um, how we had been robbed, right? Obviously, of like any real Dak Hurts game. And like I thought that point was exaggerated because it's not like Hertz had been what he was this past season for a long time. Right. Like that was just sort of that was like a new arrival type thing. But we, again the point still stands that there had been some games lacking juice um since 2020, since Jalen Hurts entered the NFL. Both of them have missed time in each of those seasons. Obviously, Dak missed a lot of time in 2020. Uh, he missed the one game in 21. He missed the five games this past season, obviously. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's a thing. But, like, that's that's why backup quarterbacks matter. That's why you have to put stock in all these things. That's why I loved the Eagles trade for Gardner Minshew. That's why I was so down on Cooper Rush, and he proved me wrong, and I'm very happy about that. Um, I agree. I think that's a great way to put it, that Dak has the higher floor. Um, I agree that he's going to be the beneficiary of some positive luck um and regression to the mean in a positive way I think his front office is finally giving him the, like Dak was like that's where they've been on opposite sides of the spectrum like a year ago the front office was like "Hey, we're gonna take away Mario Cooper good luck you know what I mean versus the Eagles and this isn't like Dak or Jalen's fault but the Eagles were like here's AJ Brown right <laughs> like you know they they set Jalen up very well it feels like the Cowboys have finally understood like hey what a foreign concept you know Setting your quarterback up to succeed is going to help your whole team. So I do think that also obviously lends uh, towards Dak Prescott playing better in 2023. And I think he was still very good in 2022. So to answer the final portion of the review before we get to today's episode, uh, the meat of it at least, um, the question for you, Brandon, specifically was, is Dak forever a
2: quarterback no longer to be feared, like you said last season? Well, last thing I want to say on like the Eagles-supported Hurts thing I think something that people kind of miss in that is like just because the team does support their quarterback doesn't necessarily mean that quarterback then takes that and runs with it and does well. You know, no, what I mean? of course not. Like- not. And i'm not but, saying, but you're it, saying that
1: it is a good thing like no it's absolutely better than,
2: than when they don't support them yes like that's should all be my noted point but it's not like a guarantee it's like well this quarterback got help so then they're great it's like no just quarterbacks who have had gotten help and then they they didn't maximize the opportunity that they had in front of them and hurts very much did and deserves credit for that he did as much as i think he could do with what he had for the most part um <clears throat> so um i mean i'm not afraid of Dak. i'm not i'm not saying that means he's a terrible quarterback he's obviously he's probably the second best quarterback and admittedly not an amazing nfc conference i don't go into it but like even looking at look at Dak splits against the eagles and tell me why i should be afraid of him you can look at the win loss okay but look at his actual <laughs> performance <laughs> like, he was because like he was what he was he masterful played well against the eagles on christmas eve like, yes, uh, sir. He was, and then they well, guess what? The Cowboys always lost that game. Still, like that's not like that's oh, not they on him.
1: I mean, like yeah, but he was incredible. But he had one incompletion against zone coverage in
2: that whole game. Like, what I do you agree mean? Like... that it was a really bad performance by Jonathan Gannon. You're, so, a great. Point so why you. can't
1: why why does it have to be just Jonathan Gannon sucks and was terrible and was stupid? Like, why can't it
2: be Dak is very good? I gave him credit for that. We're not going to relitigate this whole thing. The point is, I don't go into a game against the Cowboys thinking the Eagles have no chance to win this game. That, to me, is, or, like, I'm terrified of the other quarterback. That's my honest answer.
1: I think then you're, like, measure for fear or whatever is a little off like if, if that's the case then like there's like one quarterback it's like Pat, oh man i go into this game against patrick mahomes like whatever and t- you picked the eagles win the super bowl so like if you weren't even afraid of patrick mahomes and you're not afraid of anybody oh, and that's fine. close but like i was i was like afraid que- of mahomes i that was but my the, biggest the number one reason why they like, could lose The question, I think the measuring like this should be like, can this quarterback beat the Eagles? Dak certainly can't. I like if you want to say Daniel Jones can, if you want to say Kirk Cousins can't like that's fine, whatever. But like Dak has more than proven that he is very capable of beating the Eagles, of
2: hurting the Eagles by making his team win and the eagles lose again he has i a don't think jack dominates them every time and owns them i does not i don't think his
1: record true, is overwhelming against them and What's again his he rating one against, completion against zone coverage which is pass them? rating one. against the eagles all, all he time. completed a third and 30 against the cornerback that the eagles decided to keep this offseason fine that they did but like he had completed a third and 30 dime that he dropped in a bucket like again the idea that he's like some loser or whatever is silly to me uh but my question here was um is this now jalen's division or not so fast i think there are very few divisions um, i mean it is until it's not what i i think of like um like a year ago the nfc south was tom brady's division right like um so like i i there are so few divisions that i would say like one quarterback like owns and dominates like the, where the 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 quarterback of the reigning division champion doesn't have like a challenger so I, I don't think that that requirement is met here like there's certainly a challenger there were two playoff there were three playoff teams in the NFC's um like right now I I don't know would you say that the NFC North is Kirk Cousins's division no I'd say it's Jared Goss right. <laughs> um I would would you say would you say that the NFC West is Brock Purdy's division not really but that's that's why i'm saying like i i don't i don't feel comfortable i don't i don't think it's like fair or genuine to say it's jalen's division
2: when Dak's team played very well and I mean, it's jalen's conference well, so. though it's jalen's conference again until it's. i not. don't think
1: that's i still don't think that's true was the nfc is he the best Staffers quarterback in the conference it's jalen going into the season I, I would i would rank him number one but i don't think that makes it his conference like i think like it, what like when I think of that, I think like the AFC was like Peyton Manning's or Tom Brady's, like the full and total like domination that we saw from one one player. Well, this is know, a
2: all. topic of longevity again, but you know, but that's
1: what I'm saying. Like we've seen one supreme season from Jalen Hurts, and and well, I I'm, said it
2: I, is until it's not though. And if he keeps pro- if he keeps that's on then, this trajectory, and the NFC North
1: is Kirk Cousins' division, if you want to live, but by it's not that though. <laughs> that, no, but it is until it's not, according to you. I mean, like you're you're picking. It wasn't like the his division; he
2: dominated it.
1: I don't think he dominated it. I mean, like they they lost to the commanders at home. How can you say it's his division? He lost to a, a backup quarterback at home. I mean, I so think again,
2: poorly in that game. I think Quez Watkins, like again, fumbling like, a you're, deep you're reception picking and are This, this part is
1: Jalen's fault. This part Jalen gets credit for this part. No, like Jalen hurts
2: completed so, the pass to Dallas Goddard where Dallas Goddard got his face mask ripped off and the refs didn't call it. And that was a fumble. And then the okay, commander so scored. We're gonna, and then we're that's, gonna, like, move
1: all goal for Jalen hurts, but we're not going to move them for Dak and some of the interceptions and things like that. So, I mean, I know? think
2: that is very different when you're looking at a face mask that should have been called and was not called versus an interception. A lot of, interceptions leading the nfl you can you can parse some of those sure he led the nfl interceptions that's not okay well he
1: had one in completion in zone co- against zone coverage against the eagles and he gets okay, no credit for that great. in
2: your one game so. that they barely won it sounds like a lot of cherry extreme picking fumble luck in
1: that game a lot of cherry picking i would say it is not jalen Hurts's division that was my question um so yeah um, but whose division is
2: it then it's dax division
1: i don't think it, that's my point i don't think it has someone it's no one's who's division. like the owner of
2: it right now
1: I mean, Dak has more division titles. Like, I think that's a stupid way to put it, but like he, he does. He has the most of any of the quarterbacks in it. Um, for that matter, Mike McCart- Oh no, he only has one. But I mean, still like he, you know, so Dak has the most division titles of any quarterback in the division. So like if we're going by longevity, that would be the case. I'm not making that argument to be very clear, but like right Weird. now. The only 17 I, minutes
2: into the show and not talking I, about what the show is about.
1: I well that was what you wanted to do last week. Um I would say the AFC West is Patrick Mahomes's. I would say that to the AFC is Patrick Mahomes's. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Um but like the question was about divisions.
2: The I, NFL yes, really. <laughs> I would
1: say I would say that the, the AFC East is Josh Allen's. I would certainly say that the AFC North is Joe Burrow's. Yeah.
2: Um, definitely. a lot of people would push back on that with Lamar, but
1: um, they I can't. don't know that I'm fully ready to say, like, I think Trevor Lawrence is amazing, but like, again, be, it was a weird one year thing, but like, so it's like, really, I,
2: no one's division,
1: that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm totally fine. Like saying it's Trevor Lawrence's, but it doesn't meet the same requirement as the others. But like, I really don't feel th- that way about any NFC division. And to be very clear, the NFC East is different from the other three and that it has three very good teams. Uh, but the others just kind of have like stinkers all around, which is evidenced by the fact that you mentioned that the NFC as a whole, from a quarterback landscape, is not very impressive. So um, we will see. But maybe there will be some new quarterbacks in the NFC by way of the NFL draft, which to your point is kind of what we're here to talk about. Um, I mentioned fear. Brandon is afraid of talking on the phone uh, and of uh, people finding out that he is truly six foot five, uh, not six foot nine. Even like though there's a picture <laughs> of me with there's no Sixers picture there's no picture center. of shoes. There's no picture oh, of your shoes we can't tell what you're please. standing on or what you're not standing on so that's all i
2: probably i probably can get a full body picture if you really want that
1: until we see it we have no autograph for proof. you too okay um anyway uh so we are going to like by the way shout out to dave because the question was meant to incite like some arguing which we have had a lack of <laughs> lately and it did <laughs> so uh that was kind of fun felt good to flex again um so we're gonna talk about first round prospects that each of the four teams have been linked to um and what we do not want to see our deepest fears our deepest fears that we are inadequate i don't know the whole speech from coach carter but it's beautiful uh, do you know what i'm talking about
2: yeah i've seen it but i don't remember the
1: specific yeah I, I know that's the first line um our, like it's like our deepest fears that we are inadequate that we are like I, w- I think it's powerful beyond measure. That doesn't mm-hmm. sound right, though. But anyway, um, so what I don't want to see from the Eagles, what you don't want to see from the Cowboys, what we collectively don't want to see for the Giants and the Commanders in terms of things, again, the, the game is like things that would make them better. So that but am I also
2: saying them. what I do want the Eagles to do then from, from my perspective?
1: No, the whole purpose is what we do not want to see. If you answer the other question, then it's a different question. It's a different, but it's a
2: different perspective, meaning that like, if I'm saying what I don't want the Eagles to do, that would be something like bad in my mind versus what you would think uh, is something good for them you know what i'm saying okay so you, like, i don't want saying, them to take this guy because i think he sucks Okay. And that's not what you would be uh, saying because you're saying i don't want them to take this guy because i think he's good okay. wouldn't it make more sense if i was like i think i should say what i do want them to do and if that um, lines up with what you think is bad
1: i think that's a good good spin um that's the best thing you've said so far today
2: um so i want we we i don't want us to play our hands first because then it's not fun for us to be like I, I, I want the eagles to draft this player and then like you disagree so what do you, with that or what not? are the words
1: you want us to say let's go let's... i think
2: you should go first <laughs> so you want me for... to tell you
1: what i don't want to see from the yes eagles? and yes. and so it, just in the event that that is like what you do want or whatever i get what you're saying like you right. don't want me exactly okay. so um you were kind enough to um finally add some notes to our rundown sheet, um, our Google Doc. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles hold two picks in the first round at the moment. The 10th overall pick, which they got from the New Orleans Saints because they are dumb. And the 30th overall pick because they lost the Super Bowl. A reminder to everybody that the Miami Dolphins had to forfeit their first round pick this year. The Eagles are technically slotted at 31. But again, the Dolphins forfeiture bumps that up to 30. That is only in the first round, just so everybody is aware The other picks make more uh, mathematical sense. So the players um, that you wrote down that are most connected to the Eagles and this is like various mock drafts. Again, you want to explain where you curated these from?
2: Yeah. NFL mock draft database.com, I think had kind of like a sampling of these players, which doesn't guarantee anything, but just a you know a little uh what's the word? Like a good
1: good sample, good focus s- group. Survey, field yeah. survey.
2: Yeah. Focus group
1: okay so um at 10 um these are the players that you have again so these have
2: to read them all i just was trying to give them to you for context of okay okay
1: so well these are the names that i want to focus on um devin weatherspoon christian gonzalez bijan robinson jalen carter and maybe lucas van Ness. those are the ones that like everything else is like incidental to me i don't feel like passionate like one way or the other um now let me be very clear before i address the player portion of this the thing that would annoy me the most the thing that i want to see the least is the eagles trading out of this or trading out in general i do not want another full season where the eagles have another first round pick like we had this whole year so like that would be annoyance I, and it wouldn't like concern me, but it would it would be the, a ten out of ten on the annoying scale. Sure. It's like I wouldn't be afraid, but I would be annoyed. Um, because it was so it's so annoying how they have the first pick of all four NFC's teams. I would mm-hmm. hate to just keep see them keep Dwight shooting this, like turning this one magic bean into all this stuff. <laughs> um anyway, um, that being said, as it relates to players, I was there was a moment when the Darius Slay stuff was going on that I thought, like, oh man. They're going to get Christian Gonzalez. I'm like, we're having our laugh now, um, but then that's really going to suck come draft night. I feel like personally, that's probably less likely, at least, you know, fundamentally with Darius Slay returning. Um, so I feel like I don't have to worry about that. The Bijan thing, I would legitimately be interested. I, w- I would legitimately be interested to see how that would play out. I would obviously be rooting against it. Um, he also went to the University of Texas. I went to Texas A&M University. So there's a natural discourse there for me. Um, the Jalen Carter thing is an enigma, obviously, as it pertains to the whole NFL. Nobody has any idea, like, how this is going to go. So um, it it would feel annoying in the sense of, like, the Jordan Davis thing was like, oh, how did he make it all the way to the Eagles type thing? Um, So, I mean, I I, I don't mean to say, like, I'm not afraid of the Eagles, but, like, nothing sends me into, like, a full-blown panic. Uh, But I think the thing that would maybe birth the potential biggest fear is the Bijan thing like mm. if if the eagles you know <laughs> the, the team who is like super forward thinking analytics blah 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 if they buck the trend because that, that's the take right like i know you've seen and like written about this at, at BGN. like everybody's like oh well this never happens like we never get to see the top running back land with a great team that's already super bowl ready blah 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 like if if Bijan lands with the eagles and they're able to like you know Take their running game to the next level and preserve jalen hurts even more so which i'm sure is an argument for eagles fans towards this idea um and if they create this like revolution of running backs mattering again that would be really 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 frustrating like i'm sure it was frustrating to watch you you've talked with a lot of reverence for rookie zeke i would not want to be on the other side of that like and i I, that would be my fear is that that would come and it would be this new offensive weapon I think we we all think, if we're honest with ourselves, that there's going to be some regression from Jalen Hurts, from a, from a production standpoint, not necessarily from a talent or skill standpoint. Um, so if the Eagles were able to mitigate that with the addition of B. John Robinson, that would be a big fear for me.
2: I think more than one thing can be true, as mm. I like to say. Where's the shirt? And uh, I think back to when the Eagles, sorry, the Cowboys selected Zeke, and also when they extended him. I remember at the time thinking... Like this is a bad long-term move for the Cowboys. I think that was true, but it was also good news for the Cowboys in the short term that they could still have him for, I believe it was like the 2019 season at the time um, the extension? or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but and he was still good that year. So, and he didn't hold out and he wasn't away from the team anymore. Like that was the short-term value of that contract. It was a bad long-term move, but it was a good short-term move. Well, and, so I and think- to your point,
1: the short term of his draft year was incredible. Same and thing. just again, I'll let you go, but like, I think people forget this with the history of it all. When they drafted him, Tony Romo was their quarterback. Like that—that that was the whole like right. it, like vision was that he was going to come in and be this like weapon for Tony yeah. Romo's offense, and that and ne- he never lost happened. To Marco Murray. Yeah, right. And and it did work out, but again, like that was the vision at the moment that they submitted the card, so to speak.
2: And it resulted in a really successful 2016 season with him being a big part of why the Cowboys were so good and got the one seed ultimately that year. So I do think I'm not ruling out. That the Eagles could draft B. John Robinson in this hypothetical world and he would provide immense short-term value. I don't rule that out, but that's just not how they think. It's just not I'm, right. I'm so confident it's not going to happen. Again, you kind of like downplayed it in terms of like, well, you're like every team wants a player who they think can be around for 10 years. Yeah, I get that. But like again, with running back, there's really no precedent for a ceiling like that. That ceiling just does not really exist. So if you're taking that, you're you're really not going for a move like that. And I don't think that's what they're going to do at all. So, yes, I do agree. It would kind of be very annoying for the Cowboys in the short term. But I think Cowboys fans over the long term should actually like that move and think it's not the best use of resources. Uh, for who I want the Eagles to take kind of lines up with who I think they will take. I think they're they're really going to take one of three players to me. <clears throat> it's either going to be – and they're, they're, uh, they they're all play for Georgia. It's either going to be Jalen Carter – i don't think falls Because a long story short i think either the lions or seahawks end up getting him at five or six i really have a hard time seeing him get by there and if he does the falcons or the raiders or falcons could take him so i just i'm not going to say zero percent chance but i don't think it's likely um nolan smith who i like a lot and you know everyone wants to find like the next micah parsons and i don't think he is that because that's a really good player you don't just get the next version of that player but um in that mold a little bit and not too different from a body type from him and also just a, a flat out he's a dog man like and i know his numbers in terms of volume weren't great at georgia but if you look at his efficiency stats his rate stats they're very very they're like top two top three in terms of like runs he's top one in run stop he's top three in sack rate top two and pressure rate like he is i think he's underrated and he's extremely athletic And I love the idea of pairing him with Hassan Reddick. Those are two athletic pass rushers that could create a lot of terror. I think you should be a little bit more afraid of that one. And then the final one that Cowboys fans should not be afraid of, kind of like by opposite. It's it's like the opposite of the Bijan thing. It's like this is not a move to fear in the short term, but it is one to not like fear, but kind of be annoyed about in the long term is if they take Broderick Jones or an offensive lineman. The Eagles don't really need short-term help there. But if the Eagles continue to build through their trenches and continue to fortify like the best offensive line or one of the very best offensive lines in the NFL, it's not a sexy pick for Eagle Sands. It's not one they're going to be excited about. It's not one that Cowboys fans or anyone else in the NFC East is going to be like, oh, no, the Eagles took Broderick Jones. But again, I think that kind of speaks to a larger point here about, oh, the Eagles are still kind of doing smart things and fortifying the trenches and preventing against the disaster seasons that they had in 2012 and 2020, where the offensive line totally just went to shambles.
1: I think that's where, like, that's the like op- the obvious like opposite end of the spectrum from the Bijan thing, and that's why, like, I think we're also interested to see like are they are they like fully ready and willing to say like let's let's spend a little bit right like let's 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 throw a little bit of caution let's pee into the wind and let's draft Bijan. like again if, if that is even possible and i mean again the bijon thing is gonna be super interesting no matter where he winds up going because i like, you know, there's some chatter that detroit could take him whatever blah 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 um but like are they are they willing to kind of do the like anti long-term thing or to your point are they are they going to you know, be a little bit more patient. It's hard to say no to that super fun thing in the moment. Um, so that's interesting. Um, so but hold up, what is your like don't want to see thing? We have to get to the the second pick. My
2: though, don't my oh I I did the do want to see though because I'm not you know what I'm saying here. This was what I was talking about earlier. I know, if but I so say, like
1: what's what's the like I would be upset as an Eagles fan pick.
2: I would be upset with them taking lucas van ness someone I, who like didn't felt, even start at iowa felt like
1: it uh, feels like a reach like drafting for potential type thing especially with a top 10 pick like yeah. it is the
2: 10th pick but still like you know again it's didn't start at iowa and you're drafting this guy with like the 10th pick i, I mean they'd probably if they if they took someone like him it'd probably be in a trade down i'm also not like thrilled about corner i like witherspoon a lot but you have redberry and slay here so like you might not even play the first year or I think so, that's like, Broderick Jones-ish, though. Like, that's the same, like, principle
1: that you're talking about, right? Like, ride, ride, you know, we're just riding this thing out. We're restocking. You know what I mean? You, like, this may not be one of our Pro Bowl players this year. so It's like, a little th-
2: different for me. It's a little different because they need a backup left tackle. They lost Andre Dillard, so they could use more depth on the offensive line there. Um, and Lane Johnson could also be only be around for a year or two. Um, it's, and it's a, more of a premium position to me mm-hmm. than cornerback is. So, it's a little different, but I get what you're saying.
1: Um, 30th overall in... Um, was it Mel Kuyper's mock draft on Tuesday? The Eagles did trade out of this pick, right? Um, with Seattle. Yeah, I'm um, getting.
2: They it, ultimately made like four picks in the top 62 with yeah, this scenario. I,
1: I think in the mock, they picked up two seconds. So they didn't pick up a future. You're not picking up a future first for 30. Um, right. And I, I think this was for Hendon Hooker, which it, I think is an interesting potential for the great, Seahawks. Uh, Yeah, that's what I'm saying, obviously. Um, But um, feels very Teddy Bridgewater ish, right? Like, you know, even Lamar Jackson ish. Let's let's go get the fifth year option, like totally very possible, obviously. Um, I mean, so the first name you have listed here is Jameer Gibbs. That's been Mm -hmm. mocked at the Eagles a lot. That would annoy me a little bit if they don't take Bichon, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, if they do do the smart thing, like, say they take Broderick Jones at 10, oh, man, this is annoying, or if they trade out, whatever, blah, 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 and then they still kind of get to, like, have their cake and eat it, too. Yeah. Like, that would be – again, it wouldn't inspire – like, there's truly nothing that would, like, inspire fear. And I don't say that, again, in a trolling way, but that would be the, like (sighs) – that's just sort <laughs> they of they did.
2: The, they did something that's smart, and they also got the fun thing. Like they got the right, best of yeah. both worlds. Yeah, exactly. that or if, God forbid, I don't think it's going to happen. But if Bijan fell to thirty, like that would be, you know,
1: if Bijan like, fell to thirty, that would obviously mean that he passed through the Cowboys. And mm-hmm. there's there's a large sector. We'll talk about this in a moment. <laughs> but like there's a large sector, amazingly, of Cowboys fans who want to see them. And obviously he went to the University of Texas. But like you know, who want to see the team draft him. So if the Cowboys passed him and he still wound up with Philly, that would highly, highly, highly annoy <laughs> a lot of people.
2: That's what I'm rooting for in that case. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, we've already kind of touched on the like foundational aspects of this, like the mm-hmm. the, the logic involved. So, like, I mean, Kalishia Canty would annoy me a little bit too. Um,
2: I I really like him. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Cowboys fans who would be very happy with that being the pick of 26. Um, Osiris Torrance is another one. I mean, if you got that, is the the Broderick Jones argument, whatever. Like, keep replenishing, keep
2: filling, keep. Oh you yeah, know, if you got like restocking. Nolan Smith, and you added him. Yeah.
1: Right. Um. So who's the pick you don't want at 30? I think that's the important thing to talk about here.
2: Yeah, that's good. I don't think there is anyone that I'm, like, super against. Um, it's 30. Like, it's it's hard yeah. to make,
1: like, a bad pick at 30. Exactly.
2: Um, there's no one that I look at there and I'm like, oh, I hate this pick. Um, although, from a, you know, short-term, like, interesting, fun standpoint, like, I always like to frame things. I get why there's an argument for Bijan at ten. Fans don't want the fans don't give a, a a crap about uh like the most prudent long term thing and they shouldn't have to necessarily they want to have fun I get it football's supposed to be fun, um, but there's also something to be said for the long term uh, analysis of a you know what we do basically it's it's more of our job that I think to kind of think along those lines generally speaking, uh yeah so there's there's nothing there that really I look at the options like Jameer Gibbs Clutch Kansy Brian Branch, Brian Brise, Brise Osiris Torrance Dewan Jones Nothing, I, I don't even, even if they took like Lucas Van Ness there, I still don't know that's don't love a fine it. pick, but I'm, yeah, like yeah. okay, fine, like I'm it's, a, it's okay to risk it there. So I think that's kind of, the, kind of the takeaway there. And honestly, um, I don't think they're gonna pick at 30, I do think they're gonna trade down, trade out of that pick. Yes, yeah, not bad. Um, okay, so are we ready to move on to the Cowboys? I guess that would be the most annoying thing to me, uh, from a standpoint of uh, like I'm waiting all night from our job perspective I'm waiting right, okay right. they pick the pick Santana Dell that, that picks
1: like a, like 11 eastern and then yeah I'm like waiting I'm waiting the, I'm the other waiting. thing is like again like a little bit of a peek behind the curtain at what we do like one of the things that is, that is like a staple of the draft is like the post round press conference that each team does mm-hmm. and so like you know if, I, I mean, sometimes like a team, like we'll start that up, like even yep. while the draft is still going on, like a team they picked in the top 10 and, and you can right. kind of have your night be done early, but like, so you're waiting for that pick. Waiting. And then the post-draft press conference after. So,
2: and, um, and let's say okay. there's like a fun player on the board, like a Jameer Gibbs who like, I'm not devastated about missing out on necessarily, but it's like, or can And it's like, like you could have that guy and you trade it down. And I had to wait for this. That would be not like devastating, but it would be like kind of annoying.
1: Um, so as it pertains to the Cowboys, the names you have on the list here, Bijan, Darnell Wright, that would shock me. Um, hmm. Kalisha Cansey, The I mentioned three tight ends, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, Darnell Washington. Mayer was the latest player who Mel Kiper mocked to the Cowboys. He's really like all the, Lewis? uh, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Okay. Um, Quentin Johnston, local guy, Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, Deontay Banks, Joey Porter Jr. And Will McDonald, who you had on the Eagles list as well. Uh, you're, you're first year.
2: Yeah. I'm going to say, um, like the Bichon thing applies here too, in terms of, I think it would be annoying short term, but not the most prudent move long-term, especially when you're also paying Tony Pollard, what, like whatever they paid him 10. 10 million this year. Like, I just don't think that's the right. That's that'd be good to me in terms of, I don't think the Cowboys are being incredibly smart over the long term. If they're doing that, I think it's a little bit of a desperation move. Uh not is the guy I like a lot. And I think he's going to be underrated because of his size and people were counting him out, but Man, his production is really good, and just watching him play, he's so quick off the ball. Like I don't care if he's smaller; like guys aren't going to be able to block him because he's such a quick first step that he's going to be able to create a lot of havoc. And I know the Cowboys have not really had someone like that in a while. It feels like in the interior, who can they refuse?
1: Do you know the last time they drafted a defensive tackle in the first round? No, it was
2: 1991. They took from Maryland. Yeah, (laughs) I was born. Um. Yeah. So I I would say him, like, I I look at the tight ends here and I know it's a good tight end class, but like, I'm not, I don't think like a tight end from this class is like, that's the difference maker for this offense. I think it could be a nice piece, but I'm not like, oh no, that we're we're done for. Same thing with receiver. I don't think this receiver class is strong enough to the point where like, oh no, how do we stop that guy and Brandon Cooks and uh, um, CD Lamp. So I, I don't yeah I, I don't it's kind of like in a similar boat to you there's no one here that has me shaking in my boots other i would say the most short-term Bijan, and then uh Kalizer can how would you feel before i answer about the, like if it's
1: one of the tight ends like is that like you know it's not like ha, 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 but is it just like okay we'll see like it, it is a TBD yeah. sort of thing
2: i i think in my mind i could be wrong about this but like it's kind of like okay they just replaced dalton schultz like it'll be that level player like a good player but like i'm not like oh no this player is like a generational guy and i'm terrified of him
1: do you remember when they drafted dalton schultz by the way no it was the dallas goddard draft um and that it's important in cowboys history at least it was like two days after jason witten retired for the first time and so everybody was like, is is this is this the future? And he kind of wound up being that, but like it it took a lot for him to like again, we've talked about this a lot at BTB, but like, you know, so you know, it was a big kind of a mess that first year, and then Witten came back. Um, so he got buried on the depth chart, and then they gave Blake Jarwin the big contract, and then he got mm-hmm. hurt that first game. It it took all of that for Dalton Schultz to finally get his time to shine, is my
2: point. And the Eagles um, traded ahead of the Cowboys to get Dallas Goddard.
1: Yeah, the Eagles actually um reportedly were in on Blake Jarwin at the end of that 17 season. And that was that was such a, like, butterfly effect moment because um, it was that interest from Philly that caught – and then, obviously, they ultimately wound up drafting Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that led Dallas to finally cutting Kellen Moore mm-hmm. to save Jarwin and promote him to the, the active roster to protect him. And then that sent Kellen Moore into the coaching profession. So, um, interesting sort of, you know, butterfly effect, like I said. Um, the B-jump, look like, so – I have been like close-minded, not even like willing to entertain the idea of Bijan, um, for obvious reasons. And I, I do think like, as a society, we've gone a little too far with the running backs don't matter thing, right? Like running backs matter, like you can spend a, a top you know if you want to call it first round pick whatever you want to spend a day two pick on them like there is not that there is some there are some worlds where that's not like the dumbest thing of all time right um there's some recent evidence to suggest that that is the case um but again i i so i don't want to like operate from a place of like the scar that that is like healing over from you know because there's a big difference between the 26th overall pick and the fourth overall pick right <laughs> um and I was actually today. Uh, Eric Edholm, I think, has Bijan as his number two overall prospect in this class. So, like, you get that dude at, at 26, obviously, like, you know, there's logic to that. Um, and obviously what he can help this offense do in the short term of, like, I think for the purposes of this conversation, we could call the short term, the life of his rookie contract, right? Like the, that's the return on that is immense from a production standpoint, you would think. Uh, but again, I mean, is that the most that's not even
2: necessarily to- true immense? I, I don't even know if it's a, a great word for it because he's already, he, he instantly enters the league as what? Like the top 10th paid most running back instantly. Like that's not great value this is this is a different question but he instantly enters the league whoever
1: drafts him by the way as the what best running back from a talent perspective I'm i at, mean am asking
2: you that question i don't really like i can't think of that off the top of my head but that's the ceiling by the way and the floor is like he might not be he could get hurt he might not be very good at all like, i would
1: say like who's the best like i would say christian mccaffrey is probably the best running back in the nfl right sure so who's number two even on that list
2: right now like, it's tough because like kamara's coming off injuries but right. he's healthy like, dalvin it's cook that, had his like moment like Eric Henry's getting up there like it's it's tough joe, to say joe
1: nixon's taking that back zeke obviously saquon nick chubb maybe. obviously should be up there okay nick chubb yeah we overlooked saquon you know saquon was the exception returning to form jonathan mm-hmm. even jonathan taylor like Josh a year Jacobs ago is up there but like a year ago people were like jonathan taylor jonathan taylor like fell off a cliff and a lot sure. of that has to do with the team but that's the point right like if the team isn't good the running back sucks right like mm-hmm. so uh but again like i would i would not be opposed to this um i used to you know i, I say used to it was like a few months ago I, I was not in love with the idea of a tight end at 26 overall since 2000 i believe do you know how many rookie tight ends just general not even first round picks have had a thousand yards there and that's not the ultimate measurement but have had a thousand yards their rookie season it's not a lot i know tight end is a position that takes time it's one and it mm-hmm. was very recently it was Kyle Pitts in 2021 and that's not to say it like again like the Cowboys could win the Super Bowl and if like their rookie tight end has 833 yards is it like a failure no if he made some big time catches that's obviously what matters um so I've come around on, on the idea but I do think to me it is amazing how like every and I'm not coming for the mock drafters but every mock drafters like idea behind the tight end you know pick for the Cowboys is like well they, they didn't replace Dalton Schultz it's mm-hmm. like this isn't like we're not like it reminds me of like when people draft their fantasy teams and they're like oh i don't have a tight end yet like you know what i mean like let me go get it's like well what 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 are your other options like would you rather Mm -hmm. like fortify your bench like or whatever you know what i'm saying so i think that's some low-hanging fruit um the like fever dream scenario for me is kind of like the cd lamb scenario three years ago when when he fell jackson smith and jigba that's that's like my number one like that's that's my you know nirvana i agree um, with
2: that i just didn't have him here because i think he's going to go higher than right, that right, right, right. um and he um, was not on, on the mocks but i do agree with that although i have heard some things about him that make me wonder uh
1: um, um
2: i think it'd be very good but i also think there's some personality things there that could you know get i will spicy. just say i will say i think darnell right here would
1: probably of the names you listed would probably be my like ugh, like my most flashy tweet
2: I'm sure you saw that oh yeah Uh, yeah. big loser energy Uh, honestly I saw that and he's off my board for the Eagles I I didn't want him anyway but like I don't want him
1: even that aside um if they want to draft an interior offensive lineman the Osiris Torrance Fine, you know, because like we're all, you know, Tyler Smith is going to be the left tackle, of the future. You know, what I mean, like so you're going to you're going to have a need at mm-hmm. guard eventually. They still, right now, kind of, you know, don't really have like a true swing tackle, but it is kind of Tyler Smith. And if he is your swing tackle, then who's your backup, you know, interior guard? um So that would make me feel better about things in a lot of ways. Even Steve Avila, there's a lot of people who want to see the Cowboys take him at 58, and then if they were to take him here, that it would be categorized as some sort of reach. I wouldn't feel like terrible about that. uh But if they took Darnall right, that's probably the, of the names listed here maybe Jalen Hyatt a little bit. Like oh if you feel like when the draft process started, everybody was so hot on Jalen Hyatt and that has cooled considerably. Um, and I felt like I would feel this way about Zay flowers. Um, but I've come around a little bit to him and I'm actually, I would love to see that just because the Cowboys don't draft small wide receivers. Like I would love to see, you know, just, well, the times, you know what I mean? Like I would love to see that happen. So, um, you have Joey Porter Jr. here. I just don't think that's happening. I I would love that for what it's worth. Like a lot of people think the Cowboys drafted Stephon State. Gilmore. Uh yeah. <laughs> um, what is it? Oh, we aren't. That's your tweet. Um
2: <laughs> but uh um, people so mad.
1: <laughs> but uh but yeah, like I, if the if the question was like one of the tight ends or Joey Porter Jr. If if Joey somehow fell, like that's to me the like example of like oh we just have to fill the roster we have we have to fill like a starter at tight ends we have to take a tight end. no 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 like Stephon Gilmore isn't guaranteed to be here next year you know what I mean like Trayvon Diggs at the moment at least doesn't have a new contract draft Joey Porter Jr. Like you know like that's a better use of that resource to me so I wouldn't feel bad about the tight end but I would it's not like the slam dunk for me it's just like an easy layup.
2: I think Joey Porter Jr. kind of has some downside potential. I could see him, like, I don't know, just coming into the league. and <sighs> This is the knocks on him for being, you know, like, very uh, grab-happy and whatnot. Mm. Um, so I think that one has some variance is what I'm trying to say. Um, okay, well. I do I think do... offensive line would be smart for you guys. Like that's, It's kind of like the Eagles. It would be boring, but it would be smart. Right.
1: Um, okay, let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about the Giants and the Commanders.
0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America, NA, member FDIC.
1: Welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon, back. you While told we me we were gone. I decided.
2: You told me I was going to. What your favorite talk. macaroni and cheese topping is? Ooh, I mean, I don't know that I love a topping. Well, like, and cheese.
1: if you want to say, like, some sort of, like, crust, you know what I mean? Some sort like, of, like, what else
2: is, is there besides, like, I, the I
1: once had, maybe this isn't a topping, but I once had lobster mac and cheese that I okay. would. Okay. So I, like, I
2: would, something that could know. be mixed into it. Right?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, a component okay. to the mac and cheese. I thought you literally top.
2: meant, like, the top layer. Because that's only <laughs> usually, like, breadcrumbs. I'm like, what else are you putting on <laughs> yeah. there? Like Okay,
1: like, like a component. Crumbs? There we go.
2: There we go. Um, The best mac and cheese actually, I, so I've had the Cowboys mac and cheese. Jimmy sent me oh. some. It's really good. What? He sent it
1: like he took it home, and so then
2: he got. He had the Cowboys send him some because he couldn't make it to the Christmas game. I think because he had COVID in part, okay, guess, or he couldn't make it. In any case, he couldn't make it, so he asked the Cowboys that they would send him some to sample for his uh for his press box review. Press stuff. box spread review, and the, to the Cowboys' credit, they sent him like a ton too. So. so
1: to, for anyone who's unaware, because yeah. this is like a, a thing for you, but um in the Cowboys press box, they have I mean, it is like I've never been to any other press box, but like I would have a hard time imagining that, <laughs> that anybody else challenges the Cowboys. Like it, it is
2: and I've always given Jerry Jones credit for that kind of stuff. Like he doesn't get to that kind of stuff right.
1: Insane. Like the and I mean you're talking like i mean whatever but there is this mac and cheese that is like the other things kind of rotate like the different you know proteins or whatever different greens and salads Mm. and and even like the cookies and treats but like the mac and cheese is there every single game and not just cowboys games and it is like a truffle i guess maybe the best way to put it there are there's some like breadcrumb components um like you i would almost eat it like a casserole like i you could if you threw like a protein in there i would eat nothing but that
2: it's great, I uh, but I have had really good mac and cheese um, from the Eagles press box. Funny enough, their buffalo mm-hmm. mac and cheese. Rent free. It was great. It was amazing. And they I also don't really like did, buffalo sauce. I know some people just aren't into it, but I like a, a really good buffalo mac and cheese. Or, if that's not your speed, they also did a jalapeno mac and cheese. And that was also not as good to me as the buffalo chicken, especially because it didn't have the protein. Uh, but jalapeno mac and cheese, also very good.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay
2: um the new
1: york giants you have seven names listed here um obviously a lot of these are similar um so i didn't even, I put the, i have left the eagles uh banner app oh, i just realized it so dallas cowboys 26 whoops uh my bad uh the new york giants hold the 25th overall pick so right before the cowboys obviously uh the names you have here: Zay flowers jordan addison emmanuel forbes deontay banks Cyrus torrance we've talked about brian branch and jalen hyatt um i think the one that would bother me the most is maybe zay flowers because i really do like this is not unique but like dude feels like antonio brown you know what i mean like and that would be so annoying like to have him join and and to join an offense that is commanded by brian Dable. like that would really 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 suck even jordan addison i mean like um i know a lot of people are like connecting him to pittsburgh because the kenny Pickett thing but like man like adding another dynamic playmaker to that offense would really suck to see.
2: I think this is going to be a really interesting draft for the giants because last year it was kind of chalk for them at the top, right? In terms mm-hmm. of like, Oh, they could get cave Thibodeau and Evan Neal. Like that was it was easy, easy too, like yeah.
1: more than chalk. It was easy. Right.
2: They had it there for them. They did it. Um, by the way, Evan Neal didn't even play that well as a rookie, at least relative to expectation. Neither did Andrew Thomas. He got better. So not writing the book on his career by any means, but I'm saying like, it's not like they definitely even nailed that from the jump. And also Thibodeau, I don't think he was quite as amazing as people thought like the steel that he could be like, again, people thought that he should maybe be the number one pick last year at one point. I don't think he was that kind of player as a rookie. And again, he might get better. He, I think he improved a bit as the season gone along, but my point here, and I remember this being uh, Ed, our good friend, Ed Valentine talking about this after the giants draft kind of after that, it was like, all right, who are these other guys? Wanda Robinson did some good things before getting hurt. We'll see if he can kind of recover after that serious injury. Rest of the draft class, like, and, you know, it's not like you're going to hit a, a, every pick and get studs all along the way. But my point here is I don't think we necessarily know just how good of drafters uh, the Giants are under Joe Sheen just because of last year. So more interested to see. And I think if they take a receiver, it's going to be interesting because they kind of need to, right? They kinda, they kind of They kind of almost have to, given their depth chart at that position. And that just kind of concerns me a little bit to your point about Dalton Schultz and the Cowboys, like getting, you know, mocked all these tight ends and feeling like they, they have to do it because it's the whole, well, that's how you sometimes you reach and you mess up a pick. So I'm a little bit worried if the giants take a receiver, I'm not saying like they could take someone, it could work out. It could be awesome for them, but it could also be assigned to me that they're reaching or um, center is another position to watch for them. Cause they never filled that. They lost um, John Feliciano. And they have some internal options like they could use, but it doesn't seem like they're really thrilled about any of those guys definitely stepping in there. So I'd also worry if they kind of like force a pick there. Um, what about you?
1: I mean, I said it, I think, you know, there's a lot of people who think Zay flowers is the best receiver in the class. And a lot of people have Jackson Smith and Jigba going first, just because of the potential. And like, he had the lost season. So you can kind of like talk yourself into that. Um, but like, if the, Number one receiver. In the, I know it's not a strong receiver class, so like saying that isn't the most impressive statement, you know, or isn't as impressive of a statement as it is in years past. Uh, but that being said, like if if a super dynamic playmaker, I don't care who it is. Like we, our our fear level at least exists relative to the Giants now, when it didn't a year ago, right? We were still a little bit out. Like I'm not saying we we sit here and we're like you know losing sleep the night before either of our teams play them, but like they're a, they're a factor now. They're a thing that we have to consider, and so yeah i mean like adding to the o- almost any offensive skill player bothers me here like um, especially like say it is a flowers now all of a sudden your offense from a skill position standpoint is a flowers darren waller sterling shepherds back uh, darius slayton saquon barkley and the saquon thing's just a one-year thing so you don't have to like worry about the long-term effects of that you get to have the short-term rewards and daniel jones who we learned last year at least was capable of overseeing a talented group and brian dable who knows how to kind of like press the right places and, and pull at the right strings so um i mean that would bother me a lot think
2: uh especially sorry
1: just especially if like if if maybe like you know what it's like when when the drafts are like, kind of falling and you get to like five picks before your team and you're like okay like mm-hmm. if this player just kind of makes it through we just got to hold on a little bit longer right and if like as a Cowboys fan we're like oh my gosh say flowers might be there and you kind of start like imagining that world and then just mm-hmm. to get sniped right before that would like that would add to my frustration
2: sure yeah that's a, that's definitely a, an angle I hadn't thought about and certainly um, I don't know if the Eagles and Giants are really targeting the same kind of players there but will be worth monitoring I think if they took like you know sirens torrents I think that could be smart for them but again not exciting because <laughs> of the offensive line nature uh, of the position Deontay Banks I guess is someone I might look at I know you you kind of already made the case for the receiver thing. I just don't know what these receivers that I feel like so certain about any of them that I think it has the ceiling to be a really good move, depending, to, depending on who they take. But I also think corner could be interesting because if they take like a Deontay, De- Deontay Banks, who's kind of been getting some uh, hype here. I've been, seen some people think like he's the top corner. Um, if they get him and pair him with Dory Jackson, then they have a pretty good corner group all of a sudden. We're in a Dory uh, Jackson show. We love Dory here on the NSC. So, Um, you know, am I shaking in my boots at that move? No, I don't think there's anything the Giants that can do unless they, I guess the biggest thing they could do is trade up for, but see, that's the thing. If they trade up big trade up for like Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think that's just a misread of where they are. I think that that signals that they think they're much closer than they actually are. And it would be a nice player for them. But I don't think that's like, oh crap, like everyone's screwed just because they got him. I think that's kind of some desperation in there. So, I don't think there's, I think the Giants are in a bad spot, to be clear. I don't think they're in a good spot in terms of how the value shakes out. I think they're whatever their pick is, it's kind of just going to be fine. Um, they might want to consider trading back if they're going to be honest with themselves <laughs> and get some more value
1: um let's wrap up with the washington commanders who hold the 16th overall pick finish last
2: in the division by the way real quick on the giants thing sorry like that sentiment i just said that's i've seen ed valentine say that a lot too at big blue view like he's he's i've seen a number of his mock drafts and he gets to that pick and he's like i don't really love my options here (laughs) um
1: i mean it's a like you said earlier um we're gonna see how great they really are at this like it's it's not easy but it's it's not it's not difficult to like you know figure things out when you're picking in the top 10 or top five mm-hmm. or top whatever was top six was it in the seven, both your picks were top seven picks last year. Um This is where, and even then like, you know, like people love to be like, Oh, the Cowboys like always like dominate the first round. It's like, well, you know, they're picking one of 32 guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, you should like, you know what I mean? Like the, the true challenge is obviously like later in the draft, but like, mm-hmm. again, when you get deeper down, it gets harder. Obviously Um, the commanders, man, um tough scene. Um Also you have Darn- a tough spot to be in. Exactly. You have Darnell Wright, Jolie Porter Jr., Nolan Smith, Devin Weatherspoon, project Jones, and Paris Johnson Jr. Um, they're too far back, they're out of range for one of the quarterbacks, even if Will Levis falls. There's just no way that's happening. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people who again, i we talked about the trade that Mel Kuyper had, um, you know, for Seattle going up to, to get Hendon Hooker. Like maybe that's like the panic pick here. Um he, he had a pre-draft visit there. I mean, yeah. So or maybe maybe they're a candidate to trade back, like maybe um again maybe somebody's in love with jsn or Zay flowers you know to what I mean. whatever and they trade back and like that wouldn't be the worst thing i don't think for them but um i mean there's nothing here dude that i'm like oh my gosh i would be a little bit bothered if joey porter jr were there it would feel like terry McLaurinish to me like a really good player on a team that just is kind of like crap around him
2: um but other than that like at least of the players you listed like I'm good. Like I- I'd be annoyed <laughs> if Nolan Smith fell to them. That'd be kind of annoying, I think, with their defensive line and some of the things they already have going there. I don't I don't love that. And also, like, like the character of – he's someone that, in theory, under a new ownership and a revamped Washington Commanders culture, he's someone who would be part of that culture change in terms of his football and character and everything. So I would like him to stay away. He's, like, a big winner energy kind of player. Uh, I would not like to see them get him, especially if the Eagles – ass on him uh and then witherspoon too i don't think i don't think he's gonna last to there but um not a not sh- also kind of in that class though honestly devin witherspoon De- witherspoon is also kind of like that dog mentality kind of guy uh that i would not like to see uh end up in washington so those are i think those are my top two guys who i'd really prefer them not to take
1: this question just really isn't fair um because there's no, but there's no players. Not a single, we could have the number one overall pick and there's not a player that we're worried about because of the the team and the franchise and the culture and the organization, right? Like it's just, it's, it's fighting a losing fight no matter who you are. I mean, like we were, I think we were both, I know this predates the NFC's mixtape, but we were both probably bothered by Chase Young. Like, oh man, they got this like, super freak of a prospect, you know, highly productive player, et cetera, et cetera. And he's been, he actually also been good for them. You know what I mean? But like, what has it translated to? Like a division title with a below 500 record when everything collapsed around them? Like, it's just, you know, like you, you can even luck into like a generational talent and it not work out for you. That's just who the commanders are as a franchise.
2: It's a lame duck franchise right now. Like nothing really matters until they get the new ownership and they get the new coaching like that. They're just treading water right now. There's no really kind of needle moving things happening. In that, with that said, I guess I don't, I'm not like, I haven't done a ton of work on the quarterbacks because you know, not in really in the Eagles purview right now, but the ceiling of a Hendon Hooker draft pick, the ceiling of that move could move the needle, right? Like it, in the best case scenario where he turns into like a legit player. So from that sense, I almost would like them to not take a quarterback just because of the upside of that move. Again, I don't think that's the most likely outcome for that pick. But because there is a ceiling where you take a quarterback, like the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts, and it turns out to be a lot better than you expect, I guess I would like to see them avoid taking a quarterback early on, just so that, that like shot in the dark, if you will, to reference a survivor term, doesn't exist, you know, that like very unlikely thing. But in theory, it could work out for them as opposed to if they take, um, you know, a cornerback, like what's the best possible outcome? Even if that player is like the next, uh, sauce Gardner or whoever like, that's not going to move the needle for them but the quarterback if he ends up being like his top percentile yeah them, if, if
1: you if you stumble into like, like a deck i mean you know what i mean like yeah, if you I mean. if you stumble into into a quarterback like your whole franchise changes so I, I agree with that um shout out to shot in the dark one of the dumber twists um and
2: survivor how do you history. like the season we never talked about it
1: um it's really good i'm a little overwhelmed with the like number of idols and fake idols like you know what i mean like i you know it I'm just like it's a little bit much, but it it always kind of stabilizes at the merge. That's what, you know we've we've mm-hmm. gotten there. Last we got the first boot. Everyone's got a buff. Um, you know, feeling pretty solid about where we're headed from here. Um, I can't say as much for this season of The Mandalorian. Tough scene. Mm. Um, this season of Ted Lasso, pretty good. And um, oh, you're not a Succession fan, but holy crap um Sunday's episode of Succession.
2: I heard you say good things about it. I've heard good things said. Maybe I'll go revisit that one. Is that an HBO show? It is. It was yeah, It's my problem. I don't have HBO. Someone give your someone out there give me your HBO. Line.
1: Uh it was it was one of the most incredible episodes of television I've ever seen.
2: Like I would put it up there I've Heard that,
1: yeah. Yeah, I guess you heard me tell Jeremy like it it was up there with like the greatest Breaking Bad episodes,
2: mm-hmm. the greatest Game of Thrones episodes. Um yeah survivor might extend to 90 minutes by the way i'm not sure if that would cross to your radar nothing official on that front but there is some like uh a credible buzz out there Ooh. that it could expand from i'd be a fan f- of that i think that's the perfect runtime two hours would be too long i mean honestly i could watch like five hours of survivor nothing is too long when it comes to survivor but in terms of like realistic uh keeping the product not watered down uh, I would I would like to see ninety minutes because then the, it's sixty um, minutes of actual time.
1: Sixty minutes is also an actual show, but um the um,
2: sixty three minutes sixty. The
1: challenge on MTV has like I wouldn't say permanently, but like they have a lot of ninety minute episodes, and it's it's really satisfying to your point. Um, good good like contentious subject to close on. I was having this discussion with a, a friend of mine, my my friend Jimmy, had Jimmy Kemsky, um, about Succession. Um, and I brought up something. It pains me to agree with Aaron Rodgers on anything. But a long time ago, I heard Aaron Rodgers on the Rich Eisen show, and he said that there, like, we should have like a a fundamental understanding as a society that there's a 24 hour rule after like a moment, like this week's episode or this past week's episode of Succession, right? Like this like seminal moment in a series, whatever, blah blah blah, because uh, something happened, obviously, and there were all sorts of people like tweeting spoilers, posting spoilers, whatever. That we should have a 24 hour, like, it should be understood, it mm. should be in- implicitly understood that everybody has to, you know, wait 24 hours because you know people have lives people have this people have that whatever not everybody can watch it in that immediate moment but that 24 hours later you've had enough time like that's a, I think that's a fair rule like, i got again i i really don't want to like agree with aaron obviously but like mm. that's that's a good rule of thumb
2: you're beacon in life aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um i get it it's i don't know there's no good answer it's tough because you know, it's tough for me sometimes because I'll be watching Survivor on delay. Even, like, the same night. I, I just can't watch it right at 8. Like I'm Right, yeah. It's like an hour, moment, an hour and nine. a half or two yeah, hours. so yeah. I need to... But I, I do kind of try to do a good job of, like, just scrolling past those tweets on Twitter when I see the avatar, and I know it's, like, Rob Sesternino or whoever. Not that, like, he typically tweets out spoilers, but, you know, anything that's even, like, a soft spoiler or kind of, like, points to something. Um, I mean, I feel like people in general, when it comes to live tweeting stuff, could probably do a better job of, like, reacting to things but not giving it away you know what i mean like wow that was crazy you know what i mean like kind of yeah that was to something e- that
1: was epic but, that was wild that but was not insane. like literally
2: posting like the screen cap or like being like wow i can't believe this guy killed that girl like that's you know like that's just you could probably have expressed your emotion in a way that didn't actually just plainly spell out what happened so i think some people need to do a better job of self-policing there a little bit it could be a little bit more. That's what I'm uh, saying.
1: Like, and, and I think that self-policing, there should be a 24-hour prerequisite. You know, we, we all adopt this rule as a society. And and after 24 hours, you want to tweet, like, the script. You know what I mean? What happened? The exact the sequence. Like, by all means. But you know what I mean? Like, I think we should have to wait 24 hours. That's a mm. common courtesy for our fellow human.
2: Yeah, I don't know it depends Like again when I've talked about Survivor before my friend James he he only has the time to watch it on Friday nights so that's when he gets to it so it's beyond the 24 hour thing there but Um,
1: Hmm. what is something this will end here what is something you've had spoiled for you like a a big moment in a show or something or whatever (laughs) and that like you you always remember
2: that I have something
1: in mind too but like what's your thing
2: I have a question for you after this it's quick Um, after you say your thing Uh, very vividly Love my aunt Holly, very much. But she's she totally despoiled the end of was it um oh, I forget is it uh what's the Star Wars one that's not like uh, the one that the Star Wars the newer Star Wars one that everyone likes and, uh, um the the movie not a show um Rogue One sorry Rogue One I couldn't okay. think of it uh that's the movie, the one that, where, the movie that led to Andor yeah, that's the one where Leia is at the end right. And a surprise, uh, yes and it, yeah <laughs> well my, i don't i think my aunt under for some reason had uh, thought we did see it i think my dad and i were like oh no we did not see that yet and for some reason she misinterpreted or whatever and she just like said it to us and we were like what because <laughs> <laughs> it was just like i didn't even know she was talking about it first but yeah, so that was spoiled pretty bad. I mean, does that really matter a ton? No. But it was, no, it was that, a bummer. That's not
1: a I have some examples that are are way more consequential than that. It was but, a bummer but, though.
2: Cause like when we saw it happen, I was like, uh yeah. Yeah,
1: like well, it was like it was meant to be this like, what? And like you yeah, didn't have that
2: effect. I mean, um, cool. So, didn't ruin anything, but it was just like, ah. Uh.
1: Um, three things for me. Um, they're all quick. One, uh my friend Jimmy who I brought up, uh, I think we're safe here at this point. And I'll say this right now. If you don't want any moment of pop culture spoiled for you stop listening but uh okay so uh when joffrey died in game of thrones that night (laughs) that night before i saw the episode my my stupid friend jimmy i saw him tweet the king is dead and so it's like, why did you have to tweet that? Like, like that's my point. Right. Like, like why you could have totally tweeted, like, wow, I can't believe that happened. You know right. what I mean? Whatever. Like, why did you exactly. have to be that explicit? Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, I, I've like for anytime anybody brings that up, like, I always think of that moment. Uh, another one, actually, Star Wars related. Uh, my friend Kyle, um, when Episode Seven came out, which was like a big deal, right? Because it was like, oh, like it's back, right? Like they're they're relaunching the new trilogy, whatever. Uh, in our group text, all of our friends, he said. I heard Honda's and we were like, what the hell, dude? Like, what's your problem? Like, why are you telling us this? And and so he was like, well, I don't know if it's true. Like I saw it on the internet. We were like, don't why would you it. tell us this? So we were so upset with him. And then when they were on the bridge, him and, uh, and Ben, I was like, don't do it. Don't. And then yeah, do it. so angry. Do it. Um, last one, I accidentally spoiled something. Kind of like you brought up with your aunt. Um, it, uh, it was an episode of Grey's Anatomy. And I was talking to my friend Mike about it. And it was, like, the that, like, Saturday, whatever. And we were all at dinner, and I was, like, you know, man, this week's episode of Grays was really crazy. Like, again, I went – I was right. I was correct. You know, I was, I was fair in how I approached this. And he was, like, uh, he was, like, remind me what happened or, like, the beginning because I don't remember if I watched. And I told him, like, the beginning, first few moments, like, something super inconsequential. And he was, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he told me something that did happen. And I was, like, <laughs> yeah. And he said, yeah, I watched that episode. And I said, can you believe Henry died? And he Uh-oh. was, like. Henry died.
2: <laughs> it's like,
1: yeah, I was like, you just told me you watched it. And uh, turns out he had fallen asleep and forgot. Wow, it, so, um, well,
2: that's, that's yeah, that's on him.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it was just a funny story, but
2: um, okay, your question. Um, uh, I just wanted to, oh, by the way, did you know? Have I mentioned before that my uh, my aunt Holly is my mom's twin? No, and then wow, my dad also is a twin, both of my parents are twins. Wow. It's crazy, right? That's cool. It's pretty weird.
1: That's very cool. Uh, They're both
2: um fraternal, not identical, for what it's worth. But if they uh, were identical, then my cousins would be my half-siblings in terms of like the, the same amount of blood. Like genetic DNA. makeup. Yeah, like the genetic makeup. it would be the equivalent of. Do your of cousins look alike? Half-sibling. Um, nah, I wouldn't say super, maybe me like maybe a little bit my dad's um nephew. My aunt's son, my cousin in that regard, but not like not totally. Um, Wait a minute. So they're they're both
1: twins. Yeah. But your are your parents. So my my mom's um, cousin. We're really far. We're about to get out of here. But my mom has a cousin, and her parents. So my mom's aunt, mm-hmm. um, mom's cousin's parents, um, are are siblings. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> siblings Amazing. that are. My mom and my my aunt are double cousins. Like their their fathers and mothers are both siblings. Because I'm saying like two brothers married two sisters.
2: That's what I'm Uh, saying. There's something like that in my family. Yeah, where like my so my uncle, who I'm not related to, just through marriage, married to my dad's sister. His my dad's twin sister, her husband. Okay. There's also another connection to my dad's sister, like their in law. There's a marriage there. So yeah, there is some kind of like. Yeah, I don't know what to call that, but there's some kind of like double connection there. But so,
1: like, like your cousins that you're talking about are not your double cousins; they're just cousins no. from your yes. parents' twin. Just cousins so. from my parents'
2: twins. Okay. Okay. Last thing. Okay. Shout out to loyal listener Elizabeth Hazer E. Ah, uh, who you know um, <laughs> Holden's partner, who just had a very successful art show. It was really cool. RJ uh, was at this location in Philly. Uh, had her work featured there. I believe she sold a print, um, her first print. Uh, if you want to follow Elizabeth Hazier, who does weddings everywhere, she'll travel, so it doesn't matter. Like if you know, this isn't just Philly area, but in theory, RJ, um, if you want to get married again, and/or know or anyone who wants to get married, you can contact Elizabeth Hazer. You can find her on Instagram, e Hazier photo altogether there. What uh, is give her the Twitter?
1: Because I think that that uh, was a subject of consternation for me. Uh, what? The, her Twitter.
2: Her Twitter is not a professional account. I think it's more of a that, personal account.
1: That makes sense why I may or may not have missed a tweet. Um,
2: so. She has nine. She almost has 10K followers on Instagram. So you should go follow her. She has some nice photos on her. Even if you don't use her, she, she posts some really cool pictures. So you should go check her out. And
1: I'll, I'll do it. And then everybody can do it themselves too.
2: e Hazier. That's E-H-A-S-I-E-R. Photo. e Hazier photo. All together. One word. Boom. Give her a follow.
1: Wow. I'm helping really cool on pictures. the March to 10 K.
2: Yeah. Let's get her up there before
1: the uh, um, end of the year, at least. Yeah. Okay. Did you have a question? Cause you said that, and then we got off on a lot of tangents.
2: Uh, yeah. Did you, what did you take away from the, um, the voice memo we sent from you from the art that, show on Friday night?
1: That was, um, what I was talking about. Um, That's well, I, you. my, ta- my takeaway, um, was that, uh, Elizabeth has a Twitter <laughs> that I, okay. I missed. Um, and, uh, that i was watching the movie tetris by the way uh when mm. that when that came across very mm-hmm. very very good and shout out to steven serta of Arrowhead pride he recommended okay it to me. um and so uh very good movie uh but yeah it sounded like a good time that's all i'll say um yeah and i it sounded like holden agreed yes, with there. me on the i guess at this point we've gone so far in the weeds and we probably explained this, but last week, Brandon wanted to lie to everybody and wanted to mislead people. I want people. to lie he said, to everyone. Yes, you I did. I wanted you to said, do a bit. He said, I want to do an episode of the NFC's mixtape where we don't talk about the NFC's. I said, that's an awesome idea. Let's do that. We'll talk about other NFL things, blah, 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 blah. And you said no, I didn't no, no. want to do
2: that. Honestly, I wanted to just to do it completely off-topic about movies and stuff, but I didn't spell that out enough. Well, so I and in so, in so then I did. said
1: we'll say that at the beginning, and you said no, we we're not going to say that. We're going to actually, and I said this last week, we're going to tell everybody that we have a great show in store for them, and they were just yeah, it's like a joke. Going. No, but then I said. And I i find this to be true. I would love for somebody to agree with me that like people would have gotten confused, people would have like tweeted us and been like, guys, you got so distracted, you didn't even like get to the point. Yeah, like, that's they, the that's the point. It's no, but they would have been confused. Bit. I don't want to confuse the audience. Like, I'm not here to do that to them. Like, why would you want to lead them astray? That's because my point. I've
2: listened to podcasts like that before. There was a six years podcast that I listened to. Actually, I'm wearing the shirt right now for the live Ricky uh podcast, the Ricky writes to Ricky Sanchez, where they did an episode one time where they titled it, whatever. And then they just talked nothing about basketball. And it made sense because like, it was just a time where the topic was too exhausting anyway so they just talked about literally anything else as a i deviation. think that
1: it, you would have led us in into a darkness that we wouldn't have been able to recover from so all right
2: well let's end the episode
1: we got long but it was some fun off the but uh, No, but my, my takeaway from the call was say. that or the message was that holden agreed with me like holden was like yeah like that." again i'm being serious like that was my understanding of that was mm, that holden was like no rj's right like rj makes sense no he loves me more so sorry um wow Anyway, uh, as we leave, Brandon, I would like you to tell us what your favorite piece to get is in the game of Tetris and why.
2: Um, the long boy, the longest one, the straight one. Do you put it vertically or horizontally? Depends. What's your preference? I like starting out with it because then, you know, you put it right at the bottom row. Boom. Mm.